G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. But we're going to be talking about growing when life throws us challenges. So it's not likely to be fun, but I think it's going to be real. You know, as economic issues continue to deepen and new problems need to be solved, it's easy to ask, where is God when I need him? And while we have the quiet expectation that he'll be looking after our interests and there are testimonies that abound about how many times God delivers, sometimes at the 11th hour. But how might we think of growing in maturity as a believer and growing in resilience when tough times come if we're never faced by problems? Well, a conversation today about growing through tough times and what we might understand from the Bible about facing hard times. It may be more than just making right choices because some things happen that are beyond our control. So our special guest through this coming hour, Dr. John Warlow, who's an adult, child and family psychiatrist. He is the developer of what's known as the Christian Wholeness Framework. His passion is Christian wholeness taking the whole gospel to the whole person. And this is where our conversation will be going today. I do want to invite you to join in our conversation very soon. We'll open our talkback line on 1-800-316-316. And there is also a Facebook question that you can respond to today that asks this question. Do you think hard times, less money and uncertainty makes us weaker or stronger people? Dr. John Warlow, welcome along to 2020. Neil, great to be here with you again today and really looking forward to this hour. (laughs) You know, John, let's just really come down, I think, at the start of our conversation to one of the basic things I think as Christians we perhaps need to understand, this idea that there is never an absolute watertight promise that things are going to be easy for our lives as Christian believers or indeed as any person in humanity. What are your thoughts about that idea? Well, one thought I have, Neil, is that, uh, and the way I said it, is that becoming a Christian is not necessarily a good insurance policy, is not a guarantee that everything is going to be sweet. In fact, as I go through the Bible entering the New Testament, it looks as though, actually, as you go on through the New Testament, things actually get darker, not lighter, until right at the end. Uh, You know, this is an interesting uh, issue that a lot of us will grapple with, isn't it? Because while we can appreciate that there is no promise, that everything will be good and rosy, uh, yet we are also appreciative that Right back to Jesus' ministry and then through the book of Acts, there were wonderful miracles that happened for people who were on their deathbed or crippled or, you know, wonderful healings, things that happened, miracles that broke in on people's lives. And you would say, isn't that a good, loving God that he has done those things in people's lives? And yet here we are saying, 
don't expect things to be easy. Yeah, absolutely. And Jesus was there and he raised people up. And God is a God who actually wants us to thrive and to flourish so that we can actually go back down and help those who are struggling. Indeed, God is a good God. Um, And often we say that, hey, everything works together for our good, Romans 8, 28. Really important to look at verse 29. Definition of good is actually that we become more like Jesus. That's what it means by good. Okay, well, that's going to be challenging for some because in some sense, people detach this being like Jesus uh, from being comfortable in our lives. And uh, there's not always uh, the correlation of the two. Uh, And this is, I guess, where there's some confusion. I think there's a lot of confusion in what it means uh, to be a Christian in this day and age and at at this time and how to make this a good time even when we're struggling and even when we're suffering. You know, oftentimes when we talk about facing struggles, facing hard times, uh, we'll reflect on that verse, uh, Jesus' words, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. When you reflect on those sorts of words, I mean, this is straight from the mouth of Jesus himself. Uh, In this world, you will have trouble. So uh, it's not one of these things. uh, Maybe it's confusing. Maybe those guys don't really have uh, this thought in the right place today. But but these are from the words of Jesus. And he's saying that, I think, perhaps not as a warning, but as a preparation. What are your thoughts? I think so, Neil. And it's really interesting because my adult daughter rang me today as she was going into uni and saying, hey, Dad, so much is happening around there, around, around us in the world. Can we just pray? And I prayed that uh, we would uh, center in on Jesus, that we would be responsive to him rather than reactive to what's going on around us. And that's where I'm at regarding uh, how, how to uh, see uh, this current situation. And that's interesting, isn't it? Can we just pray? Because... Uh, In one sense, different people are going to be reflecting on that in different ways. Can we just pray for an absolute miracle that turns my tough circumstance into a pleasant circumstance? Can we just pray that I'll be able to endure the circumstance? Can we just pray that everything will change, that I'll be taken out of this altogether? Uh, This idea of what we pray is a powerful thought when you're talking about how you face those troubles. It is, Neil. And I think, yes, absolutely, we can pray for those things. We can pray that God will bless us, that we can pray that God will take us out of these situations. But we are not yet in heaven. There is still a world which is groaning. Romans 8, until the uh, coming of Christ uh, again. But what we can pray with all certainty is that middle thing you said, uh, to become like Jesus, to be conformed like, uh, to him, and to, to grow closer to God regardless of what's happening outside. Ought we understand that, do you think? Uh, Because sometimes we talk about the current circumstances as just a shadow of what is to come. Because as we're made in God's image and likeness, 
as he has our eternity in mind, that this is just the warm-up act. This is just the start of what's to come. Any thoughts there on having the big picture and understanding how that might help us to grapple with the hard times now? Yeah, uh, I think while in the end, in the last two chapters of the book, it is going to be so God-centered and flourishing. I mean, it's not going to be some kind of tacky building. It's going to be the building, the place, heaven is basically uh, made of good things and pretty expensive, uh, prosperous things. Uh, But what we will be experiencing then, uh, as it says in Revelations 21, is that God-centeredness. It says God will be with them and he will be their God. And that's what we can be experiencing uh, today now in preparation for that time is to be conformed more to the image of Jesus. Okay, so we've got a bit of a foundation in place, understanding that in this world we will have trouble, that hard times that so many of us are experiencing more deeply right now ought not to be something that takes us by surprise, ought not be something that shakes our faith, but there may be an intention here because we know that God is all-knowing. He knows the hardships we're under, so he might have a purpose in that. How do you begin to unpack that there is a deeper, more significant purpose that God might have in mind when we're facing tough times? Yeah, from my point of view, I think we're in a fallen world, in an evil world where it's not yet heaven. God can use anything. Uh, to actually uh, bring us more to be more like him. And I really hope and pray that this hour is going to give people uh, strategies and uh, approaches to actually making this time a good time, a God time. So for a lot of people right now, and you know, let's just be real about this, uh, people who are struggling because they've lost a job, they've had hours cut, Uh, Some business owners uh, ploughed everything from their life savings into their business and now there are no customers. And while there might be some propping up with some stimulus that's coming from the government, uh, a lot of people see the writing on the wall. I mean, uh, they know they're not going to be able to recover. They've ploughed everything into it already. Things are gone and tough times are ahead. And in some sense, the stimulus is just keeping us afloat. But a lot of people will know that the crunch is coming. And listeners, regular listeners to this program will know that that perhaps I've sounded a little pessimistic in some of the topics we've covered. It sounds a bit pessimistic to say, I think we're on the road to some tougher times. But this is also what we're hearing from the Treasurer and from the Prime Minister. They're warning us too. And at the same time, flowing into our lives, those levels of stimulus that somehow or other keep the wolf from the door. But we are headed for tough times, and for some people there is something of a reality check in realising that tough times are on the way. They are on the way, Neil, and um, the financial aspects are going to really intrude on family life and can actually then intrude on the heart of the person. And I love that verse in Proverbs, guard your heart. And this is one of the first uh, strategy for people is at this time with all that is going on around us, just like my prayer with Hannah in the car as she was going into uni, it was, it's don't uh, look out, but face what's going on inside of you. Guard your heart at this time. Some people will 
reject this idea or feel as though they don't have the capacity to guard their own heart. Some people will say, oh, I've heard about that prayer thing. That's just what religious people do. Uh, I'm not really equipped to actually pray. So if I don't pray, if I don't guard my heart, well, we might get a little bit negative here, but what might you expect if you're going to ignore these mechanisms that God has given to us to be able to be strong in hard times. Yeah, and I think that's exactly right, Neil. It's not ignoring, it's facing. And the first way we can guard our heart is to face our heart, to face the out-of-control aspects of what's going on inside, to face the confusion about what's happening inside, and to face the threat of security to ourselves and our relationships. Those three things, to face them and not ignore them, is going to be crucial to actually uh, for those who are going to get through this time in a better way compared to in a worse way. John, you're a psychiatrist. You're a mind expert. Where do those issues of anxiety, of anger, of bitterness, of resentment, where do those things come from? Uh, If you're talking about, because we know that we have these emotional reactions when things go bad for us. Where are these things coming from? They come from deeper within, from uh, from our heart, and from those places where we feel out of control, where we feel confused, and thirdly, where we might feel alone. And it's as we use our mind, and here particularly our emotions, and as we are real about them and face them, that's when we have a window into our heart where we can actually see what's going on. And there is real power in that to take our heart then right to God in prayer. Wow. You know, John, I know there'll be listeners who are saying, you're describing my circumstance right now. What's going on in my heart? I didn't realize that somehow or other my faith in God was going to have this sort of effect. Uh, There'll be others who are saying, It's not me, I've got these things right, but boy, I've got some family members who are hardened and resistant to God, and I can see these symptoms coming upon them, this anxiety, the anger, the resentment, uh, this everything in the world is against me. Uh, I know that there'll be people who'd like to contribute to our conversation, and I do want to invite listeners Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Well, you'll be able to tell why we keep inviting Dr. John Warlow back because such great insight into what's going on in our hearts and our minds and especially around these issues where so many of us are going through tough times and Perhaps things are getting worse. Uh, Dr. John Warlow is an adult child and family psychiatrist, and you can be a part of our conversation today. Talk back line open on 1-800-316-316. You can respond to our Facebook question today that asks, Do you think hard times, less money and uncertainty makes us weaker or stronger people? Uh, you can respond to that. Uh, you can go to facebook.com forward slash vision radio. John, let me ask you, 
you began to talk about a window into our heart, a window into our spirit. Let's enlarge on that a little. How do you describe the window that is there in each of us and how that needs to be guarded? So each of us has a mind, yep, and the mind is made of thoughts and feelings. And as we are real about our thoughts and feelings, even if they seem wrong, as we are real and face our feelings, they will then allow us to look deeper into our lives, into our heart. And that itself will allow us then, as we're real about our heart, to actually be more real and bring those into the presence of Jesus. So we've got a mind and we've got our emotions, and these things are God-given. Uh, we're made in the image and likeness of God. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will argue all sorts of things, but uh, we're conscious. God is conscious. Uh, We're intelligent. God is intelligent. We're emotional. God is emotional. We're made in the image and likeness of God. These are such powerful concepts that when you get down to the nitty-gritty, it's so hard to deny that there is a God in heaven. Uh, Some people might wonder how he is so understanding and all-knowing and can know us personally. But let's talk about this mechanism that God uses then to make his people grow. Because if we're like him, he's actually helping us to grow and and, you know, for some it's it's a challenge, but sometimes he uses the hardships we're going through. He does. And there's a crucial prayer in Psalm 139, which allows us to actually uh, search um, what, and face what's going on with us to grow. And it says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. That's the deepest part of us. Try me and know my thoughts and my feelings and see if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in your way everlasting. And this is a call to reality, a call to facing over this time, rather than pointing out at what's going on around us and the economics and uh, COVID and so on, is to actually bend those bottom three knuckles as we point outwards and actually look at them pointing inwards and say, God, search me and know my heart. Because as we do, we can actually grow deeper through this time. So when we are Christian believers, we've made a decision to follow Christ. And uh, all of a sudden we realize that, oh, he wants us to grow to be like him. Uh, This idea that he will allow things to happen in our circumstances that will Uh, in some sense, cause us to grow in a certain way. Now, there's choices in all of that, isn't there? That we can choose to grow like him or we can choose to, you know, be resentful and bitter and take a different path. Uh, This idea of how we respond, uh, the choices that we might make in the hard times, uh, I think this is important too. It's really important. And there's two verses which come to mind here. One is in Romans 5. As we know that God loves us, his love is poured into our heart, then actually we can take these hard times to actually make our character grow, firstly. So one of the first things is to know that even though you might be suffering, struggling, God still loves you. He loves you. Um, I know there's a question, if God loves me, why this? We can come on to that later, maybe. The second one is in Hebrews 12, where it talks about 
yeah, discipline and going through hard times, and that these times can actually make us more holy, more like Jesus, if we are trained by them, if we let them train us. And to be able to go with the hard times to help us to grow, is, is, this is such an opportunity and yet such a challenge. There's something really important, I think, in what you're sharing. This idea that God loves us. And for some people, that's, you know, getting wishy-washy, you know, fuzzy, warm feelings. Uh, But there's something important in this. Because if we said God doesn't love me or he's in some way neutral towards me, then I might not have an anticipation that what happens to me is for my good. But... If I am convinced that God loves me, and that's what the Bible teaches, and even says God is love. So if God loves me, then I must know that as I'm submitted to him, that he has my good uh, in, his own, uh, in his own heart towards me. This is a real struggle, and it's been a personal struggle for me, Neil, in terms of actually knowing God's love. I was brought up as a missionary kid in India, hardly saw my parents, brought up by a nanny. In other words, pretty well abandoned, uh, like brought up in, in an institution. And so for me, I didn't really experience that love I should have experienced as a child. So it's easy for me then to say, mm, God, I think you're so distant, you're like my mum and dad, and frankly, you don't love me. But the scriptures actually have something which is incredibly different, that as we go through these times, as we allow hard times to make our character, and as we receive the love which is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, Romans 5, we can actually have a different experience of suffering. Let's take a call. 1-800-316-316. Val is on the line from Melbourne. Hi, Val. Need to be quick. What are your thoughts? Hi. Look, I've just been living, uh, listening to this conversation and it's just really wonderful because it's almost bringing tears to my eyes because I've been through some really hard trials with my health. Back, you know, when I was 28, I was 38, I was diagnosed with MS and then two years ago, I had another massive surgery and I became a Christian when I was 28. But basically what I want to say is that, you know, I've learned that through my trials, I draw closer to God and my trials are there because God loves me so much that he wants me so close to him. I've learned that through this last experience. I can't express or say how much I feel God's presence and peace in my life through through trials and I know we try I mean I've been there we try to worm out of them and try to get them. I prayed for healing I prayed I, I did everything but he wanted me to go through them so I would draw closer to him and one other thing that I've learned is that I know that if I wasn't going through trials in my life and it's not like I'm welcoming them or anything I know that I'd be living in the world living this hedonistic lifestyle that we were and I know that he doesn't want that for me. He wants to keep me close to him. So I can testify that everything that I've been through is for my good. And it's because I have a good, good father. Val, you are wonderful. And 
appreciate that you're listening in and I just know how you feel. I, I can feel those emotions even welling up in my own heart as you uh, reflect that so beautifully. What a wonderful testimony, Val. Thank you so much for your call. There's calls lining up to talk to you, John, but I don't want to miss the opportunity just to reflect back to Val, who called in just before the news. And Val had had uh, surgery. She's been suffering with MS. And she's testifying that in the suffering and the struggle that she's going through, she's actually drawing closer to God. A quick thought or two on Val and uh, the, the challenges that she has and what's happening inside her. Um, Neil, it's just wonderful hearing Val. I think both you and I, we were uh, smiling away uh, listening to her. A lady who's had hard times. She didn't didn't put up a hand, say, hey, pick me, let me have MS, let me, when I'm 28, let me have surgery. But she said she allowed a good God to actually impact on her. And she's just a walking testimony to what the Bible says in terms of Romans 8, 28, that it is working for good because she is becoming more like Jesus, Romans 8, 29. Just wonderful to hear her testimony. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own contribution, your own story, a question to offer in our conversation today. Let's take some calls. David is on the line from Perth. WA. Hi, David. Welcome. Yes, good morning. Uh, good to hear you uh, all again. I hope you're doing well. Yes, thank uh, you, David. A fine day. Okay. So um, we're going through a, a period of difficulty, as we're talking about difficulty. And uh, I was listening to the um, psychologist there talking about how we uh, deal with this difficulty. Um, I, I've been through a lot of difficulty prior to COVID. Um, and I felt like, uh, you know, a shag on a rock uh, most of the seven years of financial hardship um, where I was stuck between a rock and a hard place um, when I had accidents and injuries at work um, and uh, going nowhere with workers' compensation and not being able to work or have any assistance whatsoever from family, from friends. Um, basically, my, my family uh, left me. Um, when I had difficulty with my grandmother who got dementia and then um, the family broke down um, because of her wishes that weren't uh, kept um, and I was fighting very hard to keep her wishes as she had adjured me to keep her wishes to stay in Albany. you have been through the ringer. I mean, uh, to go through all of that all at once. I'm only reaching the, the top of the iceberg at the moment. Okay. I'm barely scratched the surface. And, really, you know, David, I'm, I'm, telling you. I'm sure that there are some who are listening to us saying, I'm not having hard times at all right now. And to hear what you've gone through over these previous years, and it sounds like the issues around COVID have just compounded a whole lot of issues you were already facing. I wonder, uh, Dr. John Warlow, uh, what your thought or encouragement might be to David as he's trying to make sense of all of the things that have gone wrong for him. Uh, what are your thoughts? David, I mean, you've just struggled socially. Your family left you. Your grandmother's become demented. Uh, financially, it's been really hard for you. Workers' comp and so on. And 
talk about a shag on the rock is what you said and between a rock and a hard place and i'm just wondering uh, for you david what's happening now in terms of the the rock for you the jesus uh that rock and where's god in all of this for you at this really hard time david well um sometimes it's just uh what I believe is uh, letting go of attachments um, and let go and let God and be still and know that I am God. And these are the things that uh, I've held on to in the wilderness. Um, you know, I've had this idea of uh, the uh, prophet being fed by the raven in the wilderness where there was no one. And uh, he's just sitting by the brook cherish and he's just waiting for the raven. And God is the only thing that's kept me going. Um, and uh, beside that, I've been in total bewilderment um, because my grandmother passed away um, in 2019 and my mother passed away from cancer in 2017. And so it's just um, continually ongoing, uh, all these uh, issues. And I, I just thought, you know, prior to COVID, um, I thought, well, you know, there's no one to reach out to. There's no one who, who really cares. We live in a, a culture of uh, no care bears. Um, there's so many people homeless and, and no one seems to really care that much uh, in the general population. And um, we've had uh, programs on SBS that have uh, highlighted the, the plight of homelessness and it's, and it's come to the fore where uh, no one really made any uh, issues or headroads into that. And I was on the cusp of homelessness because of my financial situation. Um, before my grandmother passed away, I was just about to be uh, kicked out the door to become homeless myself. And if David, God, let me just cut in here. And David, let me just honour the way that you seem to be dealing with this and this idea of be still and know that I'm God or let go and let God. Uh, because while things are not necessarily easy, uh, that's the way you're processing as a Christian believer how you deal with some of those. Uh, John Warlow, uh, what are your thoughts here for David in the way that he's dealing with the big, big challenges that he's faced? David, two things. One is just uh, wonderful hearing you're reaching out to God. Uh, uh, and often God, we do, we do go through wilderness times and God can meet us in special t- uh, ways there, a bit like with Moses in the wilderness after 40 years there. And that verse, be still and know that I am God, which you're quoting. And then you actually talked about, hey, the whole thing of being on your own and no one caring and, um, and being uh, heading towards homeless. That absolutely brings up a huge thing. God himself said it is not good that man should be alone. And as a psychiatrist, I so know that, that for our wholeness, for Christian wholeness, we need that triangle, as it were, with both God and uh, others and and ourselves and ourselves and i guess my prayer for you david is that you might find one other person who will be there with you in the wilderness a bit like moses's brother or whoever it was um aaron coming out into the wilderness that god might uh, you you might be able to find someone to go through this incredibly challenging time with you in fact david do you mind if we take a few moments and pray for your circumstance that's okay, yeah. Uh, I'll happily lead us in a prayer here. And, uh, you know, 
David, hearing your story, I mean, uh, some people, their hearts will be wrenched uh, to hear that this thing is what you're going through. Uh, Let me just lead us in a short prayer, but asking for God's intervention here. Loving God, as we give you thanks for David, that he is a valuable person that you have created in your image and likeness. And Lord, even as you have allowed him to go through these times of suffering, whether it's financial or family challenges, grandparents and parents, Lord, even as you have sowed into his heart that you have not let him go, that he does know that you are God, we pray, Lord, for an intervention into the circumstances that you'll bring the right people around him who will be the right adequate support that he needs at this time and that you'll continue to encourage his heart and that even in the hardships he will be like a light on a hill that as he shares his own testimony with others, that they will know the presence of Jesus in the circumstances that can be so overwhelmingly hard. Bring your blessing on him, we pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, David, uh, let's expect good things, and I do want to appreciate you so much and uh, the courage that it takes to call in and to share your story. Uh, David, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. There's lots of people uh, trying to get through right now. Let's take some more calls as uh, as we're able to. Let's hear from Marie, who is also in WA. Marie, welcome along. Hi, how are you? Good. Marie, what are your thoughts? Um, the, um, I looked on the um, Facebook and it said, um, what would a stronger or weaker person be? So my que- I've got a couple of questions. That, what, what would that look like? What are the def- definitions of a stronger or weaker? Because, you know, the Bible says, and now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich um, because of what God has done for us. So, you know, there is the practical side of being weaker and stronger. And then there is the emotional, there is the spiritual there is what our heart says. And for me, what are those, you know, is there any way we could maybe define what the weaker and the stronger would look like as Christians, as a Christian psychiatrist? Marie, All you, I know is that... It sorry? is wonderful. You are sharing the most deep things, I suspect, here. And uh, let's just bring Dr. John Warlow in here, just on what Marie has shared so far there. John, what are your thoughts? Hey, Marie, you should be a psychiatrist. It's just lovely hearing you. The whole thing, what a question. Uh, how, how, what's it look like for someone to look stronger? And you go through the whole person. You know, there's a practical side, the emotional side, the heart and the spiritual side, like, hello, that is absolutely spot on. And it's, and it is is that holistic change and what it looks like to be stronger in my opinion is that um, and th- we're talking here about resilience the growth of resilience is that um, uh, in in the heart level that even when we're going through hard times we can actually be heart to heart with God and with others we can connect with others and their hearts we can actually understand them and ourselves and we can actually grow as as people People where we don't come selfish, bitter, resentful uh, people, and that actually in those hard times we experience 
peace uh, more than anxiety as we actually know that God is our security, that God gives us his status regardless of what's happening with us, like what David was talking about. Gosh, the, I guess my prayer for David is that as he is in the wilderness, that, um, he, uh, that he might find a rock of security there. And it's someone who can bring their insecurities into the presence of Jesus. Um, and from a psychiatrist's point of view, that's where real wholeness uh, comes, but not alone. It's also to do it with others such that, hey, emotionally we can be more stable uh, and practically we can actually uh, be able to be there and actually uh, do things where uh, where actually God is making a difference in our life. What a question, Marie. Marie, thank you so much for your call. And I'll point people to Joel chapter 3 and verse 10. Let the weak say, I am strong. Uh, Some of us who are a little bit older will remember a wonderful chorus we used to sing in church. You know, let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. And uh, there's something powerful in the idea of this sort of confession, uh, which uh, is not anything new agey like some people time uh, try to to sort of say that you know those confessions of those things but certainly to be making the confession of God's goodness is a powerful way to be able to keep control Marie thank you so much for your call let's take another call Luke is on the line from Blackhall in Queensland hi Luke welcome yeah hello again Neil great to hear from you Luke what are your thoughts well, uh, this is especially for the doctor there, the, the psychiatrist. Um, you know, I suffer with schizoaffective disorder. And as people I envision know, I also struggle with an alcohol addiction. But in times like this, uh, two songs come to my mind, which are very, so I'm very deeply in my heart is by Laura Story and Mac Powell, Open Hands and Casting Crowns, I'll praise you in this storm. Um, I just open my hands, praise in the storm. And uh, as one scripture sticks to mind, which I've also sown in my heart, Luke chapter one, verse 37, with God, nothing is impossible. Wow, Luke, wonderful. Let's get a thought or two here from Dr. John. Luke is an adult child and family Christian psychiatrist. It is just awesome to hear you. Thank you so much for sharing that you have schizoaffective disorder. That is a real challenge. And yet, despite that, hey, that you can have open hands, that you can pray in the storm um, and uh, know him. Gosh, thank you so much for sharing that story. Uh, It is just brilliant. Uh, Luke, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another one. Julie is on the line in Queensland. Hi, Julie. Welcome. Oh, hello. Julie, what are your thoughts? Uh, look, I just, I just wanted to ring up, but I, I only just turned the radio on. I've got really poor re- reception this morning, um, and I heard the the caller with the. It's just had so much trouble going on mm-hmm. at one point on the cusp of homeliness, homelessness and his and people dying and I didn't hear all of his troubles but my heart really went out to him because I've been I've been pottering around the wilderness for about forty years 
And it's not always a person's own problems or faults or sins or things they've done wrong that get them in the wilderness or keep them there. And um, I heard your guest say that his prayer would be there would be at least one person. I've got to say, one person is not enough. A dear, dear friend of mine years ago that I prayed with every morning, she she said she noted that the Lord always allowed me to have one person. One person is not enough when your heart is full of God's grace and love and you want to share that love with others. Julie, I'm not going to try and uh, cut you short. Well, actually, I'm going to have to cut you short in the sense of uh, giving uh, Dr. John Warlow an opportunity to respond here because, yes, uh, you can hear Julie and 40 years in the wilderness. So a lot of times the hardship is not something that's come on us suddenly. Uh, Sometimes we've been suffering with things for a long time and John, you said at least need another one. Julie's saying, hey, it takes a whole village to be supportive of one another. What are your thoughts for her? Hey, Julie, um, good one. In a way, the more the merrier. And uh, But actually, on a more serious note, uh, we actually talk about particularly four uh, people, four groups of people around a person to make it much uh, stronger. One is family and friends. Uh, two is the local church, someone from the local church. Three is ministry. And like beaming into vision radio is just such a way of uh, getting that. And four is a professional. Hey, hang on. There is a fifth. Mm, actually, First one is God as well. And that's like a, a supportive network around us and above us. Uh, but Julie, and it's just lovely hearing how that your heart went out to that person in the wilderness. And, it, you know, it sounds like you, you've been in a hard place for 40 years. Uh, and gosh, if we can have more than one, how good. But there's so many people, as you would know, Julie, who don't even have one. Uh, but the, if we can have those four groups, family, friends, church, ministry, and a professional person, even if that's your GP uh, or a psychiatrist or psychologist, can really make us stronger. Thanks for your call, Julie. Thank you, Julie. And let me just pick up on something here. For someone who's been in the wilderness for 40 years, it's a little bit like, you know, drought conditions. Is there hope here, Dr. John Warlow, for someone who's been through such a dreadful condition for so many years, that there might be an upside, a breakthrough, that some of these issues might turn around and that there might be a wholeness that can come? And you can say, well, that used to be me, but now these things have happened. I think there's always time and always opportunity for growth um, on the one hand. On the other hand, the longer things have been in a rut, as it were, the harder it is going to be be able to come out. And when I, as a psychiatrist, when I meet people for the first time, I'm finding out who is around them. And that is a huge predictor for me of change. So even if someone has been in a rut, as it were, in a wilderness, you know, there's those ruts, I think, in Northern Territory where it says, choose your rut carefully because you're going to be in in it for a long time. Um, But yeah, if we have those four 
or five people around us, God, uh, family or friends, church, ministry, and uh, professional, it's going to be much easier because why? We're not doing it alone, and that can certainly bring hope. Julie, thank you so much for calling in and telling your story. And, you know, there can't be full answers in a radio program like this. But it can be that as we listen to different scenarios and as we hear the reflection of someone like a Dr. John Warlow, uh, as you know, as one of our special guests to be able to talk into these issues, uh, then you can glean so much wonderful treasure to be able to apply to your own life. I just want to say, and we're going to have to, I'm sorry, put a line under calls. We have run out of time to take any calls. So for those who were on the line waiting, thank you so much for calling through. We won't be able to take your call today. I want to point people to our prayer line here at Vision. We have a wonderful uh, prayer ministry. It's called Pray For Me and Vision Christian Prayer. And there is a telephone number. I want to give it to you because you might be thinking, I'm isolated. I'm all alone. Who can pray for me right now? Well, there are people at Vision Christian Prayer who can pray for you. Here's how you call. 1-800-772-936. It's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. 1-800-772-936. And on the Vision website, you can also submit a prayer request there by email. Dr. John Warlow, I always like to be able to point listeners to somewhere they can take this a little bit deeper. And I do know that you have an upcoming new course. And with COVID and all of the challenges that have faced people like yourself, uh, who like to stand in front of groups of people, you've got a wonderful opportunity these days online and you're taking advantage of it and you're giving people who are listening to us today, no matter where they live, an opportunity to have a little bit deeper access here. You've got a new course coming up called Having a Christian Conversation in a Crisis. It's a six-week course. It'll be online via Zoom. Uh, give us a little insight how to, this whole Zoom thing works if, uh, if you're doing a course like this. Yes, yeah, so go on to the BST Brisbane School of Theology website and look there for Living Wholeness, and uh, you'll be able to register. It's, it's Monday week for six weeks, and we'll really help you just be just like what Judy was saying, being there for other people and actually for yourself. And when you do these Zoom courses, I know that uh, now you're getting something like 500 people from all over the world all Zooming in and being a part of your courses. So people taking advantage of this, not just here in Australia, but all over the world. That's happening, uh, Neil. It's a real opportunity we're having and people from about uh, 16 uh, different countries in one stage with us at Living Wholeness, 80 people, just really encouraging. Okay, you mentioned the website, the Brisbane School of Theology website, BST dot qld dot edu dot au uh, then it gets all complicated forward slash living wholeness but look for the living wholeness link when you go to the brisbane school of theology website uh, the course that dr john warlow will be teaching a six-week course on a monday having a christian conversation in a crisis and as we can hear there are a lot of people who are listening into this program today who have their own crisis that they're dealing with. Things are not easy, not good. Where is God in all of the circumstances that I'm in? And I believe uh, that today's conversation's been a very, very helpful one. Uh, There's also that 
post on Facebook today that you can respond to as well and you can chat with other uh, listeners to 2020 with that question, do you think hard times, less money and uncertainty makes us weaker or stronger people? I'll also mention Dr. John Warlow's books. He's written a series called The Cure for Life. Part one and part two are out. Part three is in the pipeline on the way. But the one that relates most significantly to today's conversation is the one that's entitled God-Centered Transformation. And uh, you've heard him talking about those shapes, the triangle and the square. Those sorts of things get really enlarged on when you have a copy of the book, The Cure for Life, Part 1, Part 2. There is a website for Dr. John Warlow, drjohnwarlow.com. John, wonderful getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing your heart with us again today on 2020. Neil, lovely to be with you again. Thanks so much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.